Welcome everybody to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, here today with another episode. Guys, make sure you uh, wear a mask in public, stay safe. Uh, coronavirus is kind of crazy right now. It has been for the last couple weeks. Just want to stress that uh, if you guys need prayer or you have any questions or just want to talk to someone during this very strange time in our history, you can email me at commonsense.com. Christianity podcast at gmail.com. We thank God for everything he has done and everything he's going to do. Uh, guys, we're continuing with uh, the, the discussion about orca captivity. I've spoken a lot about the documentary Blackfish. I've, I've said some very kind things about it, and I say that it makes some very good points about the situation at SeaWorld, and I still maintain that position. But many people on Instagram uh, uh, and even Zoe, who came on the podcast, have made me realize that there are some inaccuracies in it that I need to consider. So we have, there, there's 69 of them in this whole uh, list of things. We'll go over a a few random ones. I've, I've briefly flipped through it, but uh, I'm not going to read all of this. I will put the, the link to it, if I remember, in the podcast uh, description. And... So you could check it out yourself if you're bored and have nothing uh, to do. You you could read that. And what this really exposes, this uh, PDF of uh, factual inaccuracies, it, it exposes the, I, I guess you could say, it, it, it helps you um, realize that your information source in that documentary may not be very reliable. And it just states random... Um, random situations within the documentary. So we're here at number 14 on the list, and it says, discusses training technique of pushing whales by food deprivation. The film implies that all institutions with captive whales, including SeaWorld, use this technique. For example, later in the film, when discussing the incident involving Don Branchaw, the issue of food is brought up in hour uh, one, eight minutes and 40 seconds into the, into, uh, the documentary. The sound at the ice at the bottom of the bucket mean that food is running out. With mi- with the misleading implication that SeaWorld... Uh, <coughs> oh, corona sneeze. Uh, uh, deprived telecom of food or otherwise use deprivation type of training technique. Now, it, this is... It's going to state why this uh, implication is false. It says, this implication is false. Telecom arrived at SeaWorld weighing 7,700 pounds and currently weighs... 12,000 pounds. SeaWorld has never deprived Tilikum of food for any reason, training or otherwise. Now, this is a point that uh, Zoe was saying to us. Prior to Tilikum's arrival at SeaWorld and continuing to this day, uh, this must have been written before 2017 because Tilikum uh, has passed on, unfortunately. Um, to continue to this day, SeaWorld has only utilized uh, a parent conditioning, a scientific method that professional animal trainers have used for decades. Through rigorous efforts, trainers gradually increase the frequency of desired animal behavior and minimize the occurrence of undesirable behavior by encouraging the former with positive reinforcement and ignoring and thereby discouraging the latter. Punishment is never a part of apparent conditioning and punishment is never employed uh, at SeaWorld. And I generally agree with this statement from my personal experience at SeaWorld. I've been to SeaWorld uh, a few times. And you know what? Those animals look healthy in terms of their their body size. 
they look like they're well fed. Now, again, I, I still don't support them being there in, in the sense that they shouldn't be there in the first place. Made my position very clear. I think most people could agree with this that the fact that they are there in the first place is the problem. But you can also agree that they cannot be released because they don't have proper echolocation skills. They don't have any hunting techniques. They're fat. They're, they're pretty lazy. They're in a small pool. I mean, they're, they're, there's no real uh, real comparison with the ocean. So there are these situations that you have to think about. And again, I say, I stress this um, very seriously that we must have a balance with our views when discussing the subject and what we watch documentaries on it. And the main problem I would say with this documentary, and Hannah and Zoe brought this up last week, is that it has no balance with how in the facts that it states. It gives you one side. And this is what we see all the time today uh, in our politics and religion. You'll see it on this show. I try and be balanced, but I'm not always uh, balanced with what I say. Uh, if you have seen the documentary, you'll remember David Duffus, and he's an OSHA expert witness and whale researcher, the documentary claims. Then this says Duffus likes, uh, rec requisite uh, ex expertise to opine, man, I can barely read right now, uh, forgive me for that, about the behavior of whales in captivity. Duffus's experience is limited to the observation of wild whales to predict their seasonal movements and to understand whether whale watching disturbs the whales. I'm going to go in and stop it right here. Uh, I have heard a bit about this, that whale watching can do, and interrupt with the whale's social skills and uh, echolocation techniques and hunting. Uh, do, do I think so? I don't know. Uh, I guess it probably could, but I am too ignorant in the situation to be able to put an honest opinion on it. Um, it makes sense if it does, but I can under I can also understand if it doesn't. Uh, but there, there are other people that have observed uh, captive orcas, such as Dr. Ingrid Visser, who did a video with John Hargrove, who was in this documentary. They went there and they uh, they saw these orcas displaying what to Dr. Visser was unusual. Um, behaviors. Now, I trust her because she swims with these guys all the time over in New Zealand. Now, I also want to imply from Zoe's position that maybe it is their individual characters and maybe it's a different uh, ecotype of orca and maybe they just behave differently. I'm not sure. I'm trying to give you, got, you the audience, a perspective so you can make your own decisions on this. I'm just presenting the information that I am familiar with uh, because I am not necessarily familiar with the topic. I'm learning every day, guys. I'm going to say some wrong things in the podcast. And and you know what? That is fine. Continually learning. Uh, and, yeah, there, there's a bunch of stuff on here, a bunch of interesting stuff. Now, now I, I guess this can be some good news. So this was made in, I believe this article was made in 2018. And it's from Court. And, uh... It says that SeaWorld is basically re um, is recovering after the Blackfish incident. So as you know, um, Blackfish really hurt SeaWorld financially uh, because people just believed it, like I did, just believed the information that was presented. 
so reading the article, the 2000 documentary Blackfish sparked public outcry over SeaWorld's treatment of workers, also known as killer whales, and the theme park has been suffering ever since. The loss of $1.7 billion in market capitalization the year the film's release, plummeting attendance and loss of corporate partnerships. But the company's better-than-expected financial performance this week suggests that it has been able to ride out the storm an epic PR disaster. And guys, this is very good news. You do not want SeaWorld to shut down. That could be the worst thing possible. And I've explained this several times. If SeaWorld dies, the orcas are going to get hurt. They're going to be sold. You can argue that it might force them to send them to sanctuary, but I want you to think about how idiotic that position is. Imagine you just went bankrupt. Let's just pretend SeaWorld is bankrupt. And then someone presents you with the orca sanctuary idea. You can move these animals over to the sanctuary, but let's just imagine the government hasn't presented you with a uh, with funding to move these. This will cost tens of millions of dollars to build, to send the orcas over there, and then to maintain. So looking from a pure capitalistic standpoint, what are the owners going to do? They are going to sell them and guess where they're going to sell them to? It's not going to be here in the U.S. It's not going to be in Canada. It's going to be to probably China, maybe Russia, maybe Japan, if we're lucky, maybe Mexico. It's going to be all these places that do not maintain their animals, that actually abuse them way more than SeaWorld has ever done. And that is the problem. I would much rather have the animals there at SeaWorld than anywhere else on Earth. And I would stand by that position. So that's good news. We want them to be able to grow. And they have already said they've stopped their uh, breeding program. And I doubt that they would continue it because of how bad the um, the PR would be. Uh, they, I, I maintain the position that they will end this and they are just done with it. They'll let it phase out. So this is a good thing for the animals to maintain and preserve uh, to the best of their ability, the animals at SeaWorld and give them the longest and happiest lives possible. Um, I think that's all I got for this segment. So uh, after this quick break, we'll be right back with some more Common Sense Christianity. Hey, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, continue consider, I should say, uh, sharing the podcast with your friends and family so we can continue to grow as a ministry. God bless you guys. Guys, I totally forgot to do the verse of the day, so I pulled it up after, well, during the break. And it comes from Second Chronicles 7.14. This is a very familiar verse. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. A beautiful verse indeed from Second Chronicles 7.14. Moving on from the whole orca captivity issue, I know many of you may be tired of me talking about it, but it's a it's a topic that I find very interesting and I am deeply passionate about, always have been. I just haven't uh, learned as much as I should have uh, regarding the topic, so I am ignorant in that situation. I wanted to move on to discuss what is happening in our world. Uh, the world is continuing to become more crazy. Maybe it's just a symptom of 2020. Or maybe God is trying to get our attention. Who knows? Uh, but, but the world is crazy right now. 
if we as Christians must um, start standing up and proclaiming the gospel, this is the greatest opportunity for us to use social media, to use the internet, to proclaim the gospel as everyone's worried about the election, as everyone's worried about coronavirus, vaccines, treatments, as everyone's worried about what 2020 is going to throw at us next. We as Christians ought to step up and say that do not worry, Christ has overcome the world. We ought to stand up. This is our greatest opportunity. And in times of trouble, in times of uncertainty, these are the times when we ought to be the most courageous, the most loving, and the most optimistic. I've, I've stated this time and time again, especially in Plato Sunday. We ought to be. There is no reason to be afraid, because our kingdom is not of this world. There is no reason to be fearful, because Christ has overcome the world. And I want, to, I want you all to really, really think about that. That the God that created the universe, that designed life itself, that designed the cell, the nuclei, the, 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 the organelles, and, and designed them to work together and do their complicated tasks. The God that made uh, what we've been talking about, killer whales, and all of their complexity, the strong emotional and social bond in their families, and gave them the ability to be able to create hunting patterns and to be able to, to diversify in their in in the way that they act and the way that they they socialize and the way that they. Um, that they live their individual lives. And he made us the ability to be able to manipulate our environment, build buildings that are thousands of feet high, to be able to conquer the tallest of mountains, to be able to leave Earth itself and go out and explore his creation. That is the God that has everything under control. And you, my brothers and sisters, must be willing to have faith in him. The God that created all that, why can he not take care of coronavirus just like that? Or maybe he sent it here so we might be able to wake up. I know that's not a very popular opinion, but sometimes God has to give us a wake-up call. He has to get our attention somehow because we refuse to listen. And I find this very, very prevalent in America right now. We have lost God. And I, and I will deal with this in my book, Common Sense Christianity. We'll deal with these issues. We'll deal with the rise of secularism. We'll deal with how to combat it properly, to combat these insane and dumb and unphilosophical arguments. We will deal with this, my friends. We will make it through. We will overcome because Christ has overcome the world. My friends, we should be more hopeful than ever before because right now is the greatest time for optimism and the greatest time for love and the greatest time for sharing the gospel of Christ Jesus. And I will be right back after this quick break. Hey everybody, Ethan Foster here. 
We want to hear your opinions on every situation going on in America and the world and all that. So, guys, if you have the Anchor app, the uh, app that I use for this podcast, you can send in a voice message. I'll play it on the podcast, and I will respond to any questions you have. Also, um, if you just want to be a guest on the show, you can email me, commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com, to talk about any subject. And, guys, beware, September 29th is going to be our one-year anniversary. So I'm going to try and plan something special for the podcast when that comes by. God bless you guys. Enjoy the rest of this episode. You know, y'all, it's sometimes hard after you've done 70-plus episodes to find a topic to discuss. And fortunately, I've been blessed enough to have the ability to really talk about anything I want to on this show. And uh, the, I've re- I'm reaching that point to where... I'm, I'm becoming a bit repetitive, but making different points on things. And you, and you know what? It's honestly good because I don't get the same amount of plays per episode. Uh, so different people can listen to different perspectives on a particular topic because I almost change my mind on something every single episode, which I guess is a good thing about me in a sense. Um, it's interesting the the blessings God has given me to be able to do on this podcast. I mean, you go back to early, early, early when I first started doing the podcast, all about apologetics. My first episode was talking about Mormonism, a lot of inaccuracies with the information I presented there. I still maintain my same position, so moved on to Jesus, to the existence of God. You know, it's a basic, regular apologist show that you move down and begin to diversify, talk about homosexuality, talk about abortion a bit. And, and, you know, I just started growing. I started finding my rhythm. And and that's, I guess, when you start getting into the podcast industry. I guess that's what you have to do. Um, and then you move on to season two. I, I did apologetics a lot in there, too. But I also focused on the culture. I focused on... Uh, I focused more on homosexuality, abortion, and just being a Christian in general. Focused a lot about having relation a relationship with God. And now in season three, we have totally diversified. We haven't talked about apologetics in a while, except we did Sunday with uh, the infamous Bill Garthright emails. Um, we do, we talked about that, but we've been talking about a lot about orchid captivity. And my my mom has been asking me, "What? Why are you talking about this?" Uh, your podcast is about Christianity. It was about apologetics. What does this have to do with anything? And I always respond with this. I'm like, Mom, we as Christians have a duty. Not just just an obligation. Not just, uh, we're not just emphasized. We have a moral duty to protect to the best of our ability the creatures that God has put on this earth. I've said this multiple times on the podcast, my friends, but I need to make sure you understand my position on this. Um, we as Christians must, for one, educate ourselves on the issues that fa- that we face, but two, the issues that other people have to face, the injustices other people have to face. And I keep telling you, season three is going to be all about that mostly. We'll flip back and forth between all apologetics and stuff, but that is the main issue that we must discuss. And this is the first issue that I'm dealing with. 
I told you, we'll move on, we'll move back and forth a bit. It really depends on how I feel. And I thank God every day for him providing the opportunity of me, who has no one in charge of this podcast. I owe nothing to nobody. Uh, it, it gives me the opportunity. I can talk about whatever the heck I want. I don't make money from this podcast, so I'm not concerned with money about this podcast. I can say whatever I want. Um, and also, about the money situation, this podcast is free. The only thing I have to pay for is a website, which uh, eventually down the line, I might need some help with that, so I might set up something to where uh, you guys can help pay for the website. Um, and I think it is the greatest opportunity. Because too many people, and Sean McCranny talks about this, too many people are controlled by the people they work for and by the money that is flowing in. So for me, this is a great opportunity. I say what I want when I want to on this podcast. I'm, I'm not afraid to say anything on here. Yes, this can affect my future job. It can affect my future uh, place in society. But this is my personal decision. I say what I want. I yell when I want. I'm angry when I want to. I have full control over this. So what you hear on this podcast is the authentic Ethan Foster. It's a full me. Because I owe nothing to anyone. With that said, I on it, on my private Instagram, you got most of, a lot of you guys have access to it. Some of you don't. Uh, I don't give it out. You can follow me on, at Common Sense Christianity uh, on Instagram, though. Um, a lot of you guys know I talk a lot about politics on there, and I do the these uh, things where you can ask me a question. I'll respond on my story. And I ask a question, what do you think my dream job is? And, you know, I got a diversity of answers, a doctor, president of the United States. Um... Airline pilot, orca trainer, like, all those things, which, uh, the, the last few I just stated are correct. A doctor, heck no. I do not want to become a doctor. Um, but my big dream is to get this podcast somewhere to where I can do this full-time as a career. That is my big dream. It, and the reason that's my big dream is, one... It is the thing I am best at. The thing I am best at is talking. And not just saying random stuff. I am good at presenting the information about the things that I care about. And presenting a opinion that is usually well-based and well-founded. Um, I also want to do this because number one of importance to me is serving God. And I think this is the best way that I can serve God, is through this podcast. I want to be able to move this on to my career. I'm 15. I'll be 16 in October, late October. I have around three years to live at this house. Once I move on to college, if I don't have this thing set up to where I can live off of it and be able to continue talking to you guys, I may not have the time or the ability to be able to do this. Now, if I do, I will certainly keep this going on because I enjoy it and I think I'm good at it. 
Uh, but if I don't have the opportunity, if I don't have the time to do it, then I will have to uh, temporarily close it down. And I don't want to do that. But if it could be my full-time job, I will be able to come here every two times a week. And by then, if I'm doing it full-time, I'll do it five days a week. If I could do that, man, imagine how many people we can reach through Christ. But see, I'm not a good marketer. This is why my YouTube channel is kind of dead in the water right now. <laughs> Plus, I don't upload as much as I should. But uh, our viewership has just took a big hit. It's a sunk. Um, so I rely on you, the audience, to help this ministry grow. To help us reach new people. To help us provide more opportunities for people to hear the gospel. And to hear my perspective on things regarding God, regarding religion, regarding science, regarding politics, regarding all these things. I rely on you, the audience. So I know I stress this every single episode, but I'm stressing it more than ever. Ever, I should say. Help the ministry grow. I never ask you guys for money because it's not about money for me. What I ask is for you as a viewer to share the podcast so that my perspective on things could get shared or show, showed to people. And also, it gives me opportunities to have more guests. It gives me opportunities to have different perspectives on the podcast. It, will gives, it gives me more time to do it. it. It will tremendously help me. Now, I know you guys have been doing it. The statistics reflect it. We have had a total over our 70 plus episodes, um, over almost a year of doing this, 2,300 plays and a few hundred downloads of the podcast, which is, it's not bad for me at least. I didn't think I'd get to this point. I think I'd make this last a couple months and then I'd be done. I'm planning on doing this for as long as you guys allow me to. So it's up to you. Uh, the estimated audience size is still 13. It fluctuates, goes up and down, depends with the episode. I've had episodes with over 100 listens, and I've had episodes with uh, 5 or 6. It really depends. Uh, it depends on you, the audience. So again, I ask for your support. I also ask that you leave a review in uh, Apple Podcasts. Because that will set the algorithm to help promote it. I ask for your support in that regard. So Common Sense Christianity will be here for a long time. As long as I can continue talking into this microphone. Um, if you haven't already, go check out our website, cscpodcast.org. I have a couple things on there. I have links to some videos and stuff. Um... Check out my friend Sean McCraney's ministry, Heart of the Matter, and check out his uh, church website campus. Um, he does a lot of great things over there, much better at doing th this stuff than I am. Uh, but he's been doing it for a long time. He talks about Mormonism. He talks about uh, some issues going on in the culture, like abortion, homosexuality. 
talks about a lot about doctrine. And he has a very, I guess you could say, unique uh, understanding of Christianity and a unique perspective of the Bible. So I encourage you to listen to him for that, in that regard. Uh, we have different views on stuff. Me and Sean do not agree on everything. But you know what? He is a brother in Christ. People attack him all the time. James White and Jeff Durbin, they attack him. And I, I know I'm biased, but you know what? Sean is a good friend. He is a brother in Christ. And most of all, he is fighting for what he believes in. And that, my friends, is very important. Because if you think as a denomination, if you think as a collective, that is a problem. That has you constrained to religion. If you think someone that, like someone that is purely LDS, purely, purely Catholic, purely Baptist, purely Protestant, purely Eastern Orthodox, any of those things, that is a problem. What you need to do is think the way that the Holy Spirit is guiding you, what you interpret in Scripture. The most beautiful thing about Christianity is, is that we can all be brothers of Christ. We can all believe that we are saved through the blood and sacrifice of Christ Jesus. But we can all think differently in politics. We can all think differently in science. We can all think differently the way we see the world in terms of how government works, in terms of how our culture should run. We can think differently in that perspective. Christianity is by far the most diverse religion that we can ever have. And the biggest problem right now is, is that we refuse to let each other think differently, but still be one body in Christ. And that is something we must change. And that is something Sean has been fighting against. And I will start emphasizing more and more on this podcast. I am going after the religious establishment with all I got, which is not a lot. But I guarantee that I will fight against the religious establishment because religious establishment is the greatest threat to true Christianity and to the kingdom of Christ Jesus here on this earth. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Common Sense Christianity. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Go check us out on Instagram. You can follow us there and see our other videos on there. Also, um, if you have any questions, email me at commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com. Guys, continue praying for everything that's going on in the country. I uh, encourage you guys to vote this election, whether it's for Joe or whether it's for Trump, uh, participating in your civic duty. Remember, keep uh, separation of church and state relevant uh, That when the church is involved with government. creates problems. Uh, I'm just throwing random stuff in there to try and expand this episode. And until next time... I'm Ethan Foster here with Common Sense Christianity.